Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are, even at work, and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive, even at work. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We'll jump right in today with our callers. I'm delighted to welcome our caller from Down Under, Alice from Sydney, Australia. Alice, super to have you on the show today. What situation or conversation may I help you with? Hi, Molly. I am just so excited to be uh, able to ask those questions that I've been wanting to ask somebody. So um, I might start with a bit of context and um, give you a bit of background. Um, So I'm working in the life insurance health arena and I'm an occupational therapist. Um, I work with a lot of people who are uh, unwell from illness and injury and often they need support uh, through their insurance protection and through our ally health services. Um, Of recent times, the Australian life insurance market has been undergoing some turmoil, so it put a lot of strain and pressure in in our space, and often everyone is on on guard when I talk to my customers or the stakeholders. So my question to you is, um, how do I skillfully bring each one of these stakeholders so we can start establishing some common ground and common interests and work through some of those roadblocks so we can help more people. And second question is how do I stay curious and authentic? Um, In some of your talks, you've mentioned that little uh, tip and trick. So just curious. Yeah. Great. So we've got two parts. One is around the team and bringing the team together, especially when it's a little bit tough time. So people are a bit apprehensive. And yeah. Uh, yeah, And the second one is just about uh, being authentic, uh, being and curious, and yeah. curious, yeah. And curious. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the um, you know, especially if if you know a lot of people for a long time, even what I find often is that people come together and they see each other as the role. You're the project person. Mm. You're the, um, um, you know, admin person. You're the uh, technical person. Uh, And obviously we play these roles, but underneath all that is um, who we really are as people. And a very easy thing to do is to just go around and as you work with a group of people to be able to create space and this is where I think the leader from within um, is really important. And you don't have to be the leader of the group either. But to say we're coming together, mm-hmm. you're in such a privileged place to help people stay well, right? And so it's a very yeah. meaningful, there's a lot of heart. I would think that a lot of folks who are in that space, and I can hear it in your voice, you know, you're caring. And, and they care. And so the ability to just kind of start with what we all have in common and that, you know, here we are and whether it's a particular project or this the organization and what you stand for, there's a lot of things that bring us together to help people. And we want to be our best for them. So just mm. establishing whatever that common ground is for you is a great place to start. And then the next thing is, you know, we're actually in this, this business, if you will, of, you know, helping people be well and to be who they are. And I'd love to 
offer that rather than jump into the work today, let's spend a little time and invest in getting to know ourselves yeah. as people. And, yeah, and people will look at you, right? Yeah, okay. they'll be like, they'll be like yeah. what? So, um, so the notion of safe space and setting it up, saying, you know, this is, we want to give people a chance to share. And, and I have an actual journey line activity where people actually go through their life journey, um, which includes oh. the struggles and the hard things. But you can just start this by saying, you know, what's made us successful is not generally the, all the prizes and perfect things that we've done. Mm-hmm. It's the things in life yeah. that have been tough, right? And so I want to offer yeah. us a chance to be here for each other and share something that, you know, was hard for you. Or maybe it still is hard for you. And again, you have to establish that it stays within the room. We're here for each other. And every time I have done this, Alice, every time mm-hmm. people go there, they say the tough stuff because people are dying to be who they really are. And if you give them yeah. the permission, right? So that's just one activity. I'm happy to share more. Does that feel like something that might help you folks get started on the, a good foot? Yes, absolutely. And um, in fact, I'm just reflecting as you, you were talking, um, we don't look after each other enough. Uh, we're so focused and so driven to get our work done. But to do that well, we have to look after our op- optimum um, sort of mind, um, how, how our mind works. And I think we could do a lot more of that, especially in our field of work, because we do deal with a lot of people who are unwell. So um, we do take up that, that n- energy sometimes without even knowing. And so having that time to um, support each other first before we jump into, you know, the the agenda items and the task is much better than just go straight in. It, it just feels like we don't even care about each other. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, it's so okay. ironic because that is your business. And in, in some way people, if people have a hard time with it, you might say, you know, we, we need to model wellness for people around us. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So now you mentioned the meta skill of curiosity. So the meta skill is that energy or vibe. And it is one of the most powerful because people sense when, when you're not trying to be right or give an answer, but rel- rel- rather really curious about it. And um, for me, you know, it's, it's hard. The hardest part is getting outside, getting a good relationship with myself. For example, I might really want to say something or I'm not in a very good mood. Right? Or I'm just have had a tough, mm. tough time. I'm not, I'm not mad at anyone. It's just it's, it's rough for me. And I think being able to show self-compassion first and just to be present with oneself is really key. And often in meetings, you know, maybe you had a really rough start to the day or a really poor meeting and you're not in a good headspace. And then you have to go turn around and go to a meeting where people need you right, to be your mm. best self. Um, and yeah. I, I think that self-care, even if it's a minute – of meditation, breathing, mm-hmm. if it's taking a walk, taking five minutes, take five, whatever. I think it's important to the, what you mentioned earlier, Alice, to, to have the self-care so that mm-hmm. when you decide, you know what, I want to really listen. I want to really yeah. put myself in that other person's shoes, that you've got that energy to do that. And it, you know, it does take energy. And I think, uh, you know, this is making me realize how important it is to, ask people, you know, what do you need? And it may not be a task thing. It might be, you know, I need someone to listen to me because I have this thing going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
So true. Um, and we, we talk about in, in our health field, we talk about, you know, compassion um, and, self, and, and care for patients or care for the customer. And so what you've highlighted is, is that we really should start with ourselves and then you can extend that um, out to other people. Because if you don't do that, you can't really, you have no energy left to extend that out to your networks or to the people that you need to support. Um, sure. So that's the excellent takeaway for me. That's, that's really good awesome. to have that reassurance. That's yeah. great. That's great. Your colleagues and then those you serve are very fortunate because I really do feel the caring comes through, Alice. Um, and, you know, I, I, I use the term ignite your inner leader, you know, and that's something that's deep within you and within all of us. And so you, I think, are a real shining light for that with others. Thank you. So. And you made some really good point about leadership. Um, often we may not be in that leadership role. And um, I often wonder, okay, how, how do I bring that in, in myself, even though I may not be in a, necessarily in that lead, senior leadership role? Um, how do I do that? Um, and self-leadership is one term that I heard a lot um, talked about um, in, in our world. Um, do you have any viewpoints on that front? Absolutely. I appreciate bringing it up. I, absolutely, one must lead oneself to be able to lead others, right? So that starts with the being good relationship with oneself, the emotional intelligence to understand what is going on for me. Um, a second level is the social intelligence. Can I identify mm-hmm. and empathize with someone else's emotional experience and, and truly put myself in their shoes? At the third level, a relationship system intelligence or a team intelligence. Who are we together, right? We're part of the same team. We have a very different experience of being on the same team. And the ability to empathetically understand what it's like to be in each other's shoes is just um, game-changing. And, you know, when you get the teams that can really um, commit to each other's success as much as Mm. their own, that's when you can really unleash the human potential. And I think, you know, for the named leaders, for sure, that's a role, but everyone within has a chance to lead. And I think... When you think about what is best for the whole, it's just a great way to say, you know, I, I'm noticing something. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's something that uh, no one else agrees to or it's a, something that might be an unpopular thing to say. You might just say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm noticing that this and, and I really want what's best for the whole here. And I just am a little bit confused. I don't see how this serves us and raising that. I mean, I was just having a conversation earlier today where someone said, someone said something in a meeting, it didn't come out right, it was offensive to someone else, they saw it going on in the room, and they didn't say anything, right? And, and, he's, mm-hmm. and it just happened so fast, you know, and it happens all the time. So the ability to say, hey, hang on, assume the positive intention. I, I don't think anyone meant ill. I feel that how that happened, you know, made one of our colleagues, put one of our colleagues not in a good situation. I just want to call that out. And can we talk about that? Um, and I think oftentimes right. you hear me say all part of the problem, right? All part of the solution. And it's Absolutely. in these moments, you know, where you see it and you're like, ah, what do I say? <laughs> That's and having that awareness, I think you've helped raise that awareness by saying that because um, how many times have I been in those situations where I don't even pay attention to that moment, right? But now that you've said it and I've seen it in your previous um, videos, it really helped me become more cognizant and that awareness helps us then do something about it rather than just, okay, silence, you know, yeah. don't, don't call it out. 
Yeah. Right. Yes. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yeah. Wow. Lots of takeaway for me. And how do I find out more information? Um, is it on your website that we can read more? Because there's a lot of gold nuggets here I've written down, you know, about igniting inner leadership um, and unleashing our human potentials by having that self-compassion, empathetic understanding and um, yeah, best for the whole whole team, best for the whole um where, where can I find more and read more? So I do have a website you're kind to ask. And so you're welcome to go there. And I have on my LinkedIn, I think we're connected, some resources. And I would just offer that there are su- there's such a wealth of great leadership support. And I think what happens is folks get so caught in the gerber mill, they're not actually able to kind of step back and avail themselves of, of a lot of these resources. So I think, you know, I really appreciate yep. your just willingness to grow because especially for leaders. You know, if we're not willing to grow and call out how we're growing, gosh, we can't really ask those around us to grow, right? And so I yeah. think this just, yeah. just points out that there's much more in common for us than not. Hmm. Any final cool. thoughts you want to share, Alice? Um, I guess uh, uh, gratitude, um, probably one of the things that um, we I find I'm, I'm doing more and more because it feels great and it actually makes all the people around me um, happier. I just say simple things. I thank you for very simple things and I notice it makes a huge difference. <laughs> so so I think I'm really thankful that you've given me the opportunity to ask those questions today. I am, yes, very grateful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please let me know how it goes, Alice. I'm here for you. Don't hesitate to reach back out. And I appreciate you joining me on Say It Skillfully. And thank you for being part of the solution. Thanks, Molly. I'm so happy I get the chance to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Great. From Malta, just south of Italy, I welcome Natalie. Natalie, great to have you on the show today. What conversation or scenario can I help you with? Oh, hi, thank, hi, Molly. Thanks. Um, well, so, well, one major situation that kind of comes to mind, uh, when I was working in the Middle East in the education, um, we were part of a team that was trying to come up with marketing strategies to increase our reach to, to students coming to school and parents. And there, most everyone, I'd say out of the six people, are very gung-ho, really excited, you always get that one person who's just a bit, um, I wouldn't say resistant, but almost, well, resistance change, but really reluctant to do anything. And with the person who's most senior there, like not, this was sideways, managing sideways, not upward or downward. Um, first time I've actually experienced it, that someone just, everything was, you know, <laughs> shot dead, no matter what anyone said. Didn't contribute. And yeah, so I just want to know, how do you deal with a situation where someone not even doesn't only not only contributes doesn't contribute but doesn't just shut shut shoes down everything and you know getting buy-in from people below below would be impossible basically. Wow! So uh, I appreciate you raising that. Just to clarify for me, it was a peer person or someone who worked for you. I just want to make sure I understand. No, along the same line. So it was it was senior management uh, meetings. Um, so it was on, on the same chain, the same line in the chain of command. I got it. Okay. This is a great opportunity to be in good relationship with oneself first because it always starts within. And we never know what's going on for someone. So it may be like, wow, why isn't that person, you know, getting it? Or why aren't they enthusiastic? Which I can understand. 
So to give yourself mm-hmm. permission to say, you know what, I don't really know what's going on for that person and just mm-hmm. show some compassion, right? So that just helps you not feel like there's something wrong with them and just make, perhaps you want to be curious about it. And always mm-hmm. assuming positive intention is a great way to move into it. And you know, often I, I advocate for, for transparency. In this case, you, pull your, you could pull your colleague aside and really with a very open heart, straight in the eye, I, um, I'm noticing some things in the meeting and I'd, I'd love to bring it up with you because I think you, know, you, contribute a lot, you could contribute a lot more. You know, is now a good time. It's just asking for permission, right? See how they are and just say, you know, I, I really, I value you and, um, and share, you know, what your experience is. Uh, my experience is it seems that you're not as enthusiastic or whatever it is. And it's never wrong to share your experience. You're not making the person mm, bad. But I wouldn't want to come off as patronizing or confrontational. That, that would be my worry. Thanks you, for you know sharing that. So, yes. So that's great to just share right up front. You know what? Let's pretend her name is Susan. Susan, do not want to create confrontation for you. And I hope I don't come off as patronizing. I actually want, mm-hmm. I'm saying this because I want us all to be better. And when you take the high road of helping the whole group, helping her, helping, you know, two of you have a relationship genuinely, right. Then it's, it's hard to come across ill. And you have a, you have a softer demeanor. I can tell so it's not, you know, I can't imagine you throwing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't like confrontation, to be honest, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's with this person, Susan, um, it, was, it wasn't just me. It was, it was along the whole lines, and like with everyone in, in the team. And uh, I know that at one point, um, let's say Gary, another person, said, oh, let's just do things without her. And I, I was a bit like, well, now I feel like we're going behind her back, and didn't want to do that, and I wanted, I said, no, we need to find a way of bringing her on board. So I want to try and build the enthusiasm. Is that, and am I setting my, setting it to, am I setting myself too difficult a task, trying to build enthusiasm in someone else? That's, that's oh, yeah. what I'm yeah. worried about. That's <laughs> a great worry, and board I will just easier. say, yeah, I agree. So let's just take the game person first. And I think that that is, you know, they're, the person's not there. So you want to be advocating for, let's just call this person Susan. Say, Gary, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. If that were you, mm-hmm. right, would you want to be cut out? Mm-hmm. No, definitely and then, not. Then Gary that's, might that's say, well, I'm would... being a team player, right? And you say, well, let's hold on here. You know, if, if you have a person who really genuinely doesn't want to support, doesn't want to be on the team, the bigger issue is, you know, that person realizing and everyone realizing it's not a fit. So let's assume mm-hmm. it, it really can be worked, right? And I'm not advocating going down mm-hmm. a rat hole. But it sounds like this person needs some compassion, right? And then mm-hmm. the, uh, so you've taken care of Gary. And then as you go back to Susan, you know, you know Susan, I'm wondering what's going on for you. And I'm wondering, you know, for a moment, how about if you put yourself in other folks' shoes? What are you thinking it's like for folks? Um, and, and the person yeah. may not appreciate the behavior and its impact. And so rather than tell her, asking mm-hmm. the curiosity, I'm wondering, you know, if you put yourself in other shoes, right, and, okay. and see what's going on for her, again, with a lot of compassion. And you're caring. I can tell you're caring. So being, being forthright with that can open the space, mm-hmm. you know. 
Um, if someone's like, I don't want, I'm not rah, rah. You can clarify. Oh, just to clarify, not advice. I'm not saying we all need to be cheerleaders. We can all yeah. find positivity, right? In certain ways. And one thing you might just share is, you know, the data shows the highest performing teams really do have a lot of positivity, even when it's tough. So, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I'm generally a very positive person, but, um, and then I'll kind of, I, I will end up taking too much then, and I, I kind of don't want that, but I still want the, the project to go ahead, and I still want to see it, like everyone benefiting from it, but yeah. So like I said, yeah. either when you have subordinates, but when, when it's along the same lines, I find that really difficult. Even outsourcing is, is easier. It's on the same lines I find most difficult. Yeah, I appreciate that. That notion of partnering, the energy of partnering and saying, you know, I want us to be like amazing teammates, right? And say, I'm willing to do what I want to do, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. team. And then Mm -hmm. what can I do? Ask, what can I do? You know, and and Mm -hmm. they'll be like, well, you're going to help. You're helping me. (laughs) Like, yeah, I want to help you, right? (laughs) I know that some people may be shocked, but that's a great thing to just offer. How can I help you? Oh, excellent. Okay. Sweet. So to wrap here, Natalie, top takeaway, what's your top takeaway from our chat? Uh, Top takeaway that you're telling me, that you you shared with me, I should say. Um, Basically, to turn it on the other person, get to know what the person's issue is and don't make assumptions. Um, And obviously, make sure there's always that compassion and keep the conversation open. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Say it skillfully. Very, very nice. Please let me know how it goes and if I can be of more help. Right. And I appreciate you calling in and really my big thanks for being part of the solution, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you. And keep it up. (laughs) With that, I'm delighted now to welcome Fiona from Montreal. Fiona, welcome to the show. Thanks, Molly. I've been enjoying your videos, and it's fun to be on your show. So what situation, what conversation is on your mind today? You know, I think one of my most memorable moments as a leader was a couple of years ago when I was the CEO of a company I founded. I've since sold it. And the situation was that a couple of junior colleagues who I had a high regard for but didn't, you know, wasn't particularly close to, came to me to say that a recent hire, someone who I had hired onto my executive team, was regularly making snarky comments about me when I wasn't in the room. I invited my senior colleague out to coffee to share with her what I'd learned. And when I relayed to her what had been said to me. I didn't get the names of my other colleagues, but, you know, the kinds of things she'd been saying. She flatly denied it to me. And that was a moment where I didn't know what to say because I was really 100% sure she had said these things. I was attempting to deal with it in a respectful way, um, you know, give her a chance to, you know, explain or talk about it, um, and I was at a loss for words when she just flatly denied that she had said anything, and I would love to hear how you think I could have said it skillfully at the time. Wow. 
That's a shocker because you're genuinely shocked. I see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the moment, and I'll, um, in case I forget, remind me, in preparing for these kinds of conversations in the future, there's probably some things we can do. But in that moment, because it's not what you expected, it's the internal conversation. Wow, I cannot believe she said that. It's going on in your head. To give yourself a little time, it could be genuinely, wow, that's not what I expected. And just give yourself a few breaths to handle it. Okay, thanks for that. And then you may, again, feel a bit judging. Try to be as neutral as you can and use your curiosity, Metaskill. That is fascinating. Now, let's just name the person Pam. Why, why would Pam say something like that? I'm really wondering. Can you think of how that could be? Pause. If there's another person. Uh, and another person... You know, why would, what a person, what could have happened? And just hold that. It just, you know, it might be a very, it may seem like it's a long time, but that person has to come up with something. And then notice the emotional state. Because the person in a, in, in understandably could get defensive and just deny. We have all done that before. Did the kid take the cookie? No, didn't take the cookie. Okay. So they back themselves into a corner. You want to not try to wedge them more, but give them space. And, and if you see the person, you know, you, you look a little defensive or you look uncomfortable, is that the case? I, I don't want to make anything uncomfortable. I think we want to have an open, trusting environment, you know, st- share what you stand for and hold your ground. How does that land for you? That lands really well. I really like what you're suggesting, you know, with 2020 hindsight, that I could have asked some follow-up questions, and as you say, ask the question, and then just be quiet to listen, which really requires the other person to say more. And picking up on what you said about, you know, you mentioned something about you know, our values, um, I think you're absolutely right on that, and that what I almost regardless of whether she had owned up to what she had done or, in this case, denied it, it would have been important and ideally I would have spoken about our company values and what the expectation was. And on that note, you know, I I would love to also hear what your opinion is about, you know, along sharing the company values, to what degree to have said, you know, they're non-negotiable or to have, to what degree to have drawn a very clear line in the sand indicating what would happen if she made those kinds of remarks again. That's, uh, this is a huge point. And I'll quote my mentor um, and one of my idols, Alan Mulally, who headed up Boeing and Ford and the number one, focus for him is the behaviors. The leaders is, needs to be very clear on the expected behaviors and holding people accountable. And, and it's inspiring to be able to say, you know, I, I'm realizing perhaps I haven't been as clear, own it, right? Perhaps I haven't been as clear. I just want to reiterate, here are things that we stand for. We stand for these because it helps us come better together and, and do our best work and service to our clients. 
And what that looks like is assuming positive intention, not even inadvertently, you know, being negative. And if we make mistakes, that we own it, you know, whatever those few things are. And, you know, just to be clear as leaders, and it's a privilege, this is another senior leader for us to lead. The expectation is that that's, that is non-negotiable. And that's the kind of environment that um, is going to help us to thrive. Does that resonate for you? Can you be that leader? Because if they don't, it's okay. They just, this isn't the right place for them to be a leader. So I, I, I offer that as language. And again, not in a judging or harsh way, but just in an open-hearted this is just the way it is. Um, and that's your, I would say, your imperative as the leader. That, makes that sense? resonates 100%. I think that's, I think that's excellent, excellent advice. And I'm sure other listeners have been or will be in situations where they, are, where they work with toxic people. And I think that's, that you've offered us some you know, excellent language and a great approach to use. Fantastic. And Molly, one of my key takeaways from what you've said is... On, I guess, two takeaways is number one, expect the unexpected. So think about what you might want to say when the conversation goes in one direction or the other, as it did in, in this example. And also, that's a great reminder about communicating expectations around values and how those are non negotiable. That is so fabulous. I appreciate the learning that internal genius is coming out, and I appreciate your. Um, showing a bit of vulnerability to share, Fiona, that that went on for you. And I'm hoping that's something you have uh, since let go and can, can move on. I um, am grateful to have you on the show. And uh, I thank you for being part of the solution. Thank you, Molly. Bye. We'll take a quick break now. You're listening to Say It Skillfully. I'm your host, Molly Chang. I'll be back live with you shortly. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Our sponsor for this show is CEO Works, the value coaching company. CEO Works is an executive advisory education company that advances the work of human capital. I've partnered with them on client projects, certified as a value coach myself, and seen the impacts firsthand. They have a unique approach to creating value quickly through talent by identifying the most critical roles, designing the roles, then powering them up with the right incredible talent Their model coaches the ecosystem all around the talent to produce leaps in value. Their focus is not only on the talent, but also on the role-talent combination. The CEO Works team believes we can improve the world by improving business. I encourage you to find out more at ceoworks.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Say It Skillfully, featuring your host, Molly Chang. We invite you to join the conversation on LinkedIn and Twitter with the hashtag 
Say it skillfully. Now back to your program. I am thrilled to welcome our caller, Ken, from Boston on the line. Ken, thanks so much for joining us on the show. What, uh, what can I help you with today? I'm uh, very excited to be speaking with you today. Um, recently, I've noticed that at times I struggle to be an active participant in meeting conversations. I want to turn that around. Do you have some skills I can work to develop that will help me get into the conversation the way I want to be? This is a very near and dear topic to me. I really appreciate your raising it, Ken. I did a video on the noises and the quiets. I have been a lifelong quiet, if you can believe it or not. Um, so my first thing is just to give yourself a break and not make ourselves bad or wrong because we're the quiet folks. And I think that there's a role for all. There's a role for all to create an environment where we can actually bubble up all the voices. First thing I'd ask is if you, you know, think about what holds you back, might ask, why are you quiet? I would say just fear of how my comments would be perceived. Very common. Thanks for that. So that's real and normal. And also want to encourage, don't make yourself wrong or bad for that. People listening are nodding their heads. Everyone has felt that. The energy of and being a group, by the way, is like how I hear we're here to serve the whole, right? And I will, uh, I will submit, I will share that even if people introduce wrong information into a dynamic, it will spur the cognitive thinking of the group, right? So don't, this notion of I've only got to be right or I need to be the smartest person in the room really holds back the ability to harness the full diversity to just give yourself permission to realize, you know, it may be not the right information. And if that's a worry, like I'm worried that I'm going to look like it's not right or I'm worried I'm be wrong, throw it out. You know, hopefully uh, I may not be right. I'm okay with that. But I'm sharing this in service to the group. I'm sharing this because it's a different angle and it may help us to consider a perspective we didn't before. So you're now you're entering with an open idea instead of looking to be like, you know, the hammer's down. This is Ken's answer. And that ramping, I think, is what a lot of people have trouble with. How's that land for you? Yeah, that, that definitely resonates with me, the idea of having to feel like the statement has to be perfect um, and not just uh, facilitative. And so I understand where that's actually very helpful. That's great. The other thing is a quiet, like a fellow quiet, often the folks who are talking, and it's not that they're trying to box out other people, but they're just very comfortable talking and they're actually a little bit more com- comfortable, I would say, butting in. <laughs> so that can be something challenging for us quiet. So, um, so two things. In the moment, the ability to raise your hand, um, just make a signal, let me jump in, you know, is a way to just break up the flow. Because if you're waiting for the forever perfect time, often that just doesn't come. So don't hesitate to just butt in a little bit. Oops, hey, just a thought I want to inject in service to the whole, right? Share your intention right away. Now, in the beginning of a meeting, as you're getting started, and you can always blame Molly. You know, this she did these videos, there's quiets and there's noises. We all know who we are. How about if we set up some norms here because it doesn't help us if we're not hearing all the different points of view. So if then you set it up up front, that also helps the, the folks who are very comfortable chiming in realize, ooh, 
maybe I just need to breathe and not talk, right? So it helps everyone and everyone, and you can offer, it's all of our responsibility. So let's say you see someone who hasn't been sharing. It doesn't have to be your voice. You might say, you know, I'm just noticing we're not hearing necessarily from all the voices. Can we make some space for folks who haven't chimed in yet? And often, sometimes people will just be agreeing so they don't have anything new to add and say, just let us know. If you're on the same page, give us a thumbs up so we know where you are. Does that give you some language you can work with, Ken? Oh, absolutely. And I love the idea of, of setting up the meeting norms in advance. It, it takes a lot of pressure off, actually, as you then go into the meeting uh, to actually have that out there. Um, yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense for me, um, uh, personally, to get myself involved. But, but actually, um, it touches on another area that I'm thinking about relative to how actually how to run an effective meeting and making sure all voices are heard. And you've already given me some really great ideas about how to, if I'm facilitating a meeting, to, to work to encourage that participation. I love it. I love it. Setting it up up front is a relief for everyone. And if you're just point blank here somewhere, it's, it's amazing. We're all here. We come from different experiences and skill sets. And so I want to go out of the gate, say that I, we'd like to embrace the differences. So let's be really curious and be very positive when someone says something different than we think. Right. So you just put that out in the air. And by the way, it's can be sometimes it's hard to do. So if we don't do it or if I don't do that, please call me out and let me know, because I really want to make sure that I create space for folks and and just setting up that example right out of the gate lets everybody know. And it empowers, if you will, the quiets to be like, okay, someone here is, is watching my back and helping me out. Anything else that comes to mind for you, Ken, or any questions? No, that these are really, um, but powerful uh, for me in particular to how to approach uh, and and make sure that I'm actively engaged. And so um, it's, it's been really helpful. It's fantastic. I want to encourage you because you have a lot to offer. And the same thing you can say to others, everyone's got something that they can offer and um, it's in service to the whole. And you're actually hurting the whole if you don't share. That's, if that might be also a way to encourage yourself to go for it. Uh, let me know how it goes and if I can be of more help. I really appreciate your calling in, and thank you, Ken, for being part of the solution. Thank you, Molly, for everything and all your wisdom. Okay, I am very pleased to introduce Carrie Ann from Jamaica. Carrie Ann, thank you for joining the show. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and to join you today. That's awesome. What uh, is on your mind? Is there a situation or specific conversation I can help you with? Sure. Thank you. So specifically, the situation is that you are a team leader and you have a member of the team who is very hardworking and has a great attitude. And uh, the reality is is that they want to grow in their role. So there's a promotion opportunity, a job is advertised, they apply for it. But the reality is that once they go through the assessment process, they really aren't ready. So they don't get the the, the job. They don't get the promotion. And uh, you really want to break the news to them in a way that obviously not only communicates that they, they weren't successful with the application, but you also want to break share it with them in a way that doesn't deflate them or demotivate them 
or give them the wrong impression that they're not valued, but it's really just a matter of they're just perhaps not being ready or not being a right fit. And that's usually a difficult conversation, I find, so I'd love to get your advice on how to approach that kind of conversation. Thank you for raising that. This is a very, very relevant one to all of us. I think we've also all been there, as well as having to uh, communicate, if you will, let someone down softly, uh, though in an inspiring, you know, positive way. Um, so as always, I'd start first with you. And you mentioned, you know, it's a hard conversation. And I'm not going to debate, or, you know, make it say that it's easy. It is an attitude so if within yourself yeah. saying, you know, I, this isn't hard. This can be very straightforward and I'm here to help, you know, all the constituents. So you're doing the right thing, right? So give mm-hmm. yourself the, that just attitude of, you know, I had a nephew who would throw free throws in, in basketball and I asked him what he said. He goes, oh, I just say this is easy and they just go in. So I just encourage, it seems like a basic thing, right? But why make it hard? If you tell yourself, oh my God, it's going to be so hard. You know, it's not... It's just making it a little bit harder. So I'd say be your best friend, not your worst enemy. So that's just the you part, right? And then compassion. Obviously, you have a lot of compassion. I can feel it. So you want to start positively, not euphoric, right? But in a positive note, look at, I so great that you stepped up, apply for the position. I can tell that you really prepared for the interviews, you know, acknowledge whatever groundwork was there. That's great. And then be right straightforward don't have the news you want to hear. And I want to just help you understand why we ended up going with a different candidate. So very neutral, right? You're not feeling, oh, so sorry, woe is you. It's not. And you say, look, at this is a great thing that you did to apply, and it's going to make you stronger for when you mm-hmm. are going for another role. So just it's very optimistic. And then help them just say, so um, just factually, here were some of the requirements. And you, this, this is an area or two you just haven't had that experience yet, right? Or it's not your skill set. There are some fit considerations. You're a very good person. I'm not at all making this a personal thing. This particular role needs characteristics of a certain sort. So you're just very um, neutral about it, not making it personal. Characterize the behaviors and the experiences, not necessarily you aren't this, right? The experience that this candidate needs is X, Y, Z, right? The uh, characteristics that they lead or manage with um, are, are these kinds of things. And then, you know, ask the person, how do you feel? Yeah. And just give them a sense. Yeah. They, they may be like, oh, this is, I'm so sad. And then there's a chance to empathize. Or they may say, gosh, you know, I, I had someone say to me once, you, you do a great job delivering bad news, right? So they may say, gosh, you know, I know <laughs> that wasn't for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. That's 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 great advice. And you know, sometimes I wonder, and 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 maybe you could also guide in the sense that, do you allow the person to even go through the process? So let's say you know of their intent to apply for the role, and you can kind of see, you know, ten miles down the road that it's, it's there's a very likely possibility that they're not going to get it again based on your intimate understanding of their performance and their capabilities. Do you try and have a conversation perhaps in advance of the application process or the assessment process to um, maybe 
and it sounds bad, but maybe dissuade them from going through that? Or do you, or, or perhaps manage their expectations around the possibilities? Um, or do you allow them to go through the process and, and you know, they, they get the, the disappointing news and then, you know, communicate it to them? I mean, what's your thought on that? I think just just being transparent. You know, I, I, I it's hard to... Uh, watch someone's real enthusiasm. If they're very energetic about something, you can acknowledge that and uh, offer, you know, I can see how excited you are. Um, is it helpful if we talk about the role at all? And so it mm. perhaps opens up a page for you just to talk about, and, you know, I know that these are key things that they're looking for in the role, irrespective of what this person, that this person come to the realize, well, I haven't done that, or I don't do this, or I haven't worked that many years, but you're just sharing the role and you want to be supportive, you know, and, and they may say, do you think I'm a good fit? Right. They may point blank ask you. So, so that's your opportunity to be very candid. I think that you've got a lot of great characteristics. I'm going to share openly. I think there's some areas that this would be a big, stretch and potentially too big of a stretch for you. And we would not want to put anyone in a position where they weren't set up for success. I see. I see. Thank you so much, Molly. This has really been very helpful. That's so awesome. Do you have a top takeaway or two? Well, you know, well, the first big takeaway for me was just, again, assessing how I go into the conversation in the first place. You know, um, as a team leader, you kind of set up in your mind, you know, what's going to be easy, what's going to be a difficult conversation. And what I got from um, your first, the first point you would have shared is that your mindset and how you go into the conversation almost kind of sets up how the conversation could actually go. So if you approach it as something that's going to be difficult, then unfortunately that could actually be the outcome in terms of how you approach it as opposed to saying, hey, you know, this is something that's very doable, especially given the situation. Here is someone who is who is hardworking, who has a great attitude. So while the news may not be entirely favorable, it's still a positive, it can be a positive outcome in terms of the learning from them and how you can partner with them to grow from here on out. So for me, that was actually the biggest takeaway. Love it. Love it. Love it. Please let me know how it goes. Uh, if I can be of more help, don't hesitate to reach out. I really appreciate your calling in, Carrie Ann, and thank you for being part of the solution. And thank you so much, Molly. Again, I appreciate the opportunity. Now we'll welcome Meg from Indiana. Meg, welcome to the show. Hi, Molly. Thank you so much. So what is on your mind? What situation or conversation would you like to chat about today? Of course. Yeah. So this has actually happened this past summer. I was working uh, down in Florida and I had a boss who I was reporting to, but there was someone else who was managing more of my day-to-day life. And she had kind of a specific way that she liked things to be done. And the way I was trying to learn since I was brand new to this organization was not the exact way. And she would get angry at me whenever I wasn't doing things to her exact specifications. And I didn't know how to exactly converse with her because she wasn't my boss. And yet I didn't want to tread on her toes. Do you have any advice for how I could have gone about making sure this was a productive communication? 
For sure. For sure. That's a great one. And these days with matrix organizations, we have a lot of folks, you know, influencing, talking about our work, and it can sometimes put us in a bit of an uncomfortable situation. So I appreciate your bringing that mm-hmm. up. So the, um, <clears throat> you know, in the moment when someone, you know, might, you may perceive that they're barking at you or they're angry at you, and it's hard not to be defensive or to otherwise kind of shirk back. So it, it is um, to the previous caller ability to be, you know, grounded in your own self, you know, you haven't done anything mm-hmm. wrong. You're not knowingly trying to be bad. So just, you know, be your best friend that way and just have be self-confident. And, you know, very calmly, you know, I'm noticing you seem uh, a bit agitated. Or, or rather, I'm noticing that, you know, I may have agitated you, agitated you. I, I was really wasn't meaning to do that. So own that part of it. Are, are you angry or are you frustrated? And, and just work with whatever that emotional state is. And oftentimes those folks, they're not really aware or they're not able to articulate what's going on for them. They, it may be at you. It seems it could be something else. Who knows? So just bubble that up. No, no, no. I'm not angry at you. Oh, that it came across to me as a little bit of anger. So I appreciate knowing that that's not what that is for you. So you clear the air on that. And if this has been a pattern, you could say, you know what? I'd love to have a chat about how the two of us can be an amazing dynamic duo. And I am new. Do you remember when you were new to the organization? Questions that could have her start to, well, yeah, I've been here, you know, and, and for students or for whatever, you know, different levels, have the person, you know, in their mind realize, wow, this isn't someone, you know, this is maybe, I'm not, I'm not giving this person a fair shake. And say, you know, I, I'm happy to do my fair share so that I, I can see that there are some things you have very specific way it seems you want to do. And I really want to do it. It's just really hard for me when I don't know. So what needs to happen? Ask the person, you know, does it help if we sit down and do some procedural things, but just get it out there and just say, you know, I know that I want to, I want to contribute a lot. I know you want me to. And so please know that I'm saying this with very positive intent that I know that, you know, I can be doing a better job. And I think if you can help me to do that, you know, we'll get there. Does that seem like were those words that you could use, Meg? Yeah, those definitely do. And I think the the most important thing for me is the the self awareness, as you always say. And being kind of in that in that situation, how would you kind of make yourself step back and be self aware? Is there a way that I can is there a tool that I can use to recognize my own biases that I have towards this conversation? That's a great question, and I think that that if there was that product, it would sell. It be a it would be a bestseller. <laughs> so I'll have to do a little work on that. I know there are a lot of research uh, resources on self awareness. One of my colleagues, who I think is amazing, Tasha Yurik, has a whole she's self awareness expert. So I'll look on that and loop back with you on it. Um, I find that oftentimes there's a lot of uh, resources that tell you what to do, and it is about actually being there in the moment. And, and I know this sounds a bit crazy, but the self-care components of being rested of, you know, I do mm-hmm. yoga because as I live in New York city, it could be wild. And I know that seems crazy, <laughs> but when we're not, you know, all agitated, it makes it much easier to not overreact or over respond. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that if you need help with that, any of us need help with that to ask folks around us, for the support that we need so that we actually take care of ourselves. I know there's a lot of givers out there and they're like, Oh my gosh. And sometimes 
you know, we need to give the givers permission to say, you know, what do you need? And how can we help you be your best? It's the take the oxygen mask and take air before helping someone else. So what's a top takeaway that you have? I think the top takeaway that I have is just practicing that self-awareness and making sure that I am taking care of myself in order to better have these these conversations that are that are more productive for everyone involved. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I appreciate your calling in. And uh, I thank you, Meg, for being part of the solution. Thank you so much, Molly. I appreciate it. Before signing off, I ask you to consider. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, More than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources, so homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. That's a wrap for today's show. Please reflect on your top takeaways and know that I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific for more ways to say it skillfully. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter, and please be part of the solution and kindly tell others about this program so they can say it skillfully too.